Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. It's Gina Crash, your host for the next half hour or so, but really excited to introduce you to my guests that we have a few in studio and even one on the phone. First up, we have Jim Blake. He is an organ donor. Father Jim, thank you so much for being here with us. Sure, Gina. Good morning. Good uh, good to be with you. We're so excited to, to get to know you and, and hear you and your son's story. And uh, your wife is also in, in to here with us today in the lobby, um, which is nice for Carmen to be joining us as well. We also have Phyllis Weissbloom. She is joining us via phone, and we appreciate her doing that from uh, Monroe Township, New Jersey. She's a heart transplant recipient. We'll find out more about your story, which is incredible, Phyllis. Thank you for taking the time to call in. Thank you. Thank you so much. We can't wait to talk to you. And of course, Adam Falzerano is here, too. He is the Media Relations and Communications Coordinator at Infinite Legacy. Hello. Hi, Adam. It's so good to have you here as well. This is going to be a great conversation. I think that in the end, hopefully people will learn a lot more about organ donation and uh, how real life saving it it is. Absolutely. Um, To start us off, Adam, you know, tell us if people aren't uh, really familiar with Infinite Legacy. Tell us about Infinite Legacy. Sure. Uh, Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you for the question. Um, Infinite Legacy is what's known as an organ procurement organization, which means that uh, we facilitate the recovery of organs and tissues for donation uh, for the purposes of transplant and and research and things like that. Uh, We serve specifically the state of Maryland, uh, Washington, D.C., and Northern Virginia, which means that, again, we recover all of the organs, anyone who passes away and is an organ donor, we recover those organs in that service area, as well as educate the public about the need for organ donors and hopefully to inspire people to register as an organ donor. And people might know you as your name. Formerly, you were the Living Legacy Foundation of Maryland, right? Correct. Um, so this year, literally January 1st, 2023, uh, the Living Legacy Foundation of Maryland, which formerly served the majority of the state of Maryland in that same capacity, merged with our sister organization that's based out of D.C. and Northern Virginia that was known as Washington Regional Transplant Community. So uh, we merged this year. Uh, both organizations were very strong, but uh, it was a uh, uh, it was going to be helpful to, you know, recovering more organs um, and became Infinite Legacy. As I say, we're always better together, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like that's going uh, really, really well. And Adam, tell us what types of organs and tissues can be recovered from a donor and then transplanted? Sure. So uh, there are six organs, which are kind of like your your solid body organs um, that uh, can be recovered and transplanted. And those are heart, liver, kidneys, pancreas, 
lungs, and small intestine. Um, and then there are six types of soft tissue that can be uh, recovered and transplanted as well. And those are uh, skin, corneas, bones, heart valve, veins, um, and then uh, connective tissue like ligaments, tendons, cartilage, that sort of thing. Wow, that's very comprehensive. Yes. So when I just renewed my driver's license, for instance, if you're at the Motor Vehicle Association here in Maryland, MVA or something, or the DMV elsewhere, um, do they get that specific about, Do you, it just says, do you want to be an organ donor? So then, at the MVA, it's yeah. uh, it's general. It's just, do you want to be an organ donor? Um, you can actually go online. If you have reservations about like any specific organs or tissues that you don't necessarily want donated, you can specify that online at uh, Donate Life Maryland, or well, I should say infinitelegacy.org, and then mm -hmm. it takes you to uh, your specific state registry. Yes. Um, so online, you can you can uh, denote that, but just at the MVA, it's general. Gotcha. I was just wondering. Um, so that's a, a great information to know. And also, this is really impactful. How many lives can one person save through donation? One person can save eight lives by uh, donating the organs that I just mentioned, the six organs. Um, and then they can actually enhance over 75 lives uh, by donating uh, the tissue, the six tissues that I mentioned. That's incredible. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Jim, I, this is a great time, I think. Jim Blake here, the uh, father of an organ donor, is also joining us, um, jumping over to you and telling us a little bit about your son, Tim, and his generosity. Yeah, Tim, uh, well, he was just a, a good, good-hearted person. Uh, Growing up, uh, he was a good student. He uh, fairly gifted athlete, especially uh, basketball and baseball. Very much a product of the '80s and '90s. Went from He-Man and Donkey Kong to <laughs> uh, Dave Matthews Band and Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but along the way, he developed a, a love of the Beatles because of me, uh, and and that was the thing about Tim. You know, he was uh, he, he was well-rounded well well-versed in just about any subject you know and he had he had this winning personality he could uh, he could command well he people were drawn to him um he was very personable uh, he had people skills that i could only wish that i had uh, unfortunately uh, as all of us do he made some wrong choices that are as a relatively young man and uh, unfortunately it, it cost him his life at the age of 41 um but you know, as a parent, you're so in, invested in helping to recover from that uh, that you, it's tough to look past the bad things and, and, and uh, see the good. But after his passing, so many people reached out to us with uh, their perspective on Tim. You know, and it was an, it was an eye opener for us. Um, one one story in particular, we heard from uh, a high school classmate. Who said that? Uh, and and Tim was one of those kind of kids that um, fit in with all the different cliques. And uh, so they said that Tim was the the only uh, person in high school that did not pick on them, oh. and and that uh, his kindness uh, was really what made that experience toler that part of their life tolerable. And twenty plus years later, that stuck with them. And that story is always stuck with me since I heard it. So I, I realized now that at his core, he was just a, a fine soul. And uh, in the end, he saved four lives by donating his kidney, heart, and liver. 
Wow. Both that's, kidneys. That, first of all, th- sorry so much for your loss, but I, 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 I love the work that, that you're doing, and I love his generosity and how you're still hearing these stories, which is mm-hmm. great to hear. Yes. He sounds like a really, really good guy. Thank you. And a, a good person and you know someone you'd want to have in your class like that. And I think when you're talking about some of the things that he liked when he was in that, that age group in the various <laughs> stages of his life, I think we can all relate to that. And yeah. whether we're parents or not, you know, thinking, oh, my gosh, that could be my, my you know, son. That could be my right. daughter. Um, or wife or mother or, or brother. And it's just, you know, you hope that it never happens, but it's like you're taking the positive person that he was and, and keeping that positivity alive, literally through the donation of, uh, of his organs, which is so generous. Is that something that your family ever discussed, organ donation with Tim before he died? Did you ever know that he wanted to do that? Well, I, I can't recall any uh, specific conversations that we had along those lines. Um, but, but I will say that uh, he was almost 30 when his mom, my wife Carmen, uh, donated her uh, kidney to her mother, oh, one wow. of her kidneys, uh, who was on the verge of dialysis at the time. So we saw that uh, – I remember uh, it came up in conversation, of course, because of, of that. And uh, I know that uh, he was in favor of organ donation, and, uh, and it was common uh, – we knew that he – had checked the box. Oh, you mentioned the driver's license. Yeah. We, we, we knew that he had uh, checked the box when he renewed his driver's license to become an organ donor. And that's how easy it is. I mean, I literally yes. just got that fat envelope with all the, you know, with the voter registration. It should be as important as that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It is. Mm-hmm. It's more important, honestly. Um, sure. So the fact that it's so, that's as easy as it is, that you're going to get that mailed to you when your driver's license is going to expire, whether mm-hmm. it's today or tomorrow or, or whatever. But that's good to know that it's that you know, accessible for people. And right. uh, personally, though, uh, Jim, what, what were your thoughts on organ donation before being faced with that situation? Because you're going through so much mm-hmm. with his passing that, um, you know, did this experience change your your thought on organ donation? I'll bet it sounds like you had the experience of your wife's uh, kidney donation. So, right. you know, it wasn't, un, you know, it wasn't foreign to you at all by no, any means. But no. um, I mean, prior to uh, Carmen donating her kidney, uh, always pro-organ donation. Uh, in fact, I think I always check the box when I would renew my driver's license. When she donated her kidney to her mom, just to see the impact that it had on her life at the time, just reinforced that uh, conviction. Um, but then after this experience with Tim, it, it only fortified that even further because to see the, the change that it's made in, in Phyllis's life, um, it's just been, well, it took... A, a, a tragic experience. Uh, you know, you don't want to say that his life was a waste, but in some ways, you know, to die at that young age from what he was suffering with, um, it it turned it into—I can't say it turned it into a positive, but it gave meaning yeah. to it, and it really did help us to to deal with his passing yeah, uh, in, yeah. a, in a much more positive way. Right. And then, like I said, to to see what impact it's had on Phyllis's life. Um, it, it, it's incredible. That's awesome. Um, should we jump in real quick, Phyllis? Uh, Adam will come back to talking about. Um, well, I guess we I might just maybe it is also important Adam, to say like how many people are currently waiting for an organ transplant. Uh, talking about that side of things. Yes. Um, so there are in the U.S. currently there's over a hundred thousand people uh, waiting for an organ transplant. You know, one of the organs that that I talked about previously. Wow. Um, and in 
Infinite Legacy service area, which again includes Maryland, D.C., Northern Virginia, um, there's uh, over 4,000. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So there's definitely a, a great need. And mm-hmm. um, and now Phyllis, we're so excited to get to, to Phyllis Weissbloom again, if you're just joining us, um, is via phone from New Jersey and a heart transplant recipient. She received um, your son's heart. And it's Phyllis. Wow. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what led you to needing a transplant. Well, uh, good morning, everybody. I, um, I was born with two congenital defects. And at that time, I want everyone to know that I'm 76 now. And uh, those days, you know, nothing was being done for heart uh, patients, uh, especially children who were born with heart defects. And it wasn't until I was 12 years old that um, my parents had first heard about heart surgery. So at that point, you know, I was taken to a hospital, you know, many tests. It was I was an unusual case even back then, but they were able to correct one 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 part of uh, my problem. And, but um, I had something called a complete heart block, which means that the, the um, electric current wasn't exactly going through my, my uh, system and my heart rate was very low and, you know, it uh, affected, you know, mostly everything, but I, I had a pretty good you know life. I got married, had two children and I was, I was existing. I had um, a pacemaker, had a pacemaker defibrillator and, uh, you know, whatever we could do to keep me going, we, we did, you know, and um, then it came to a point where I was just going in and out of congestive heart failure. At uh, the age 72, I wasn't able to get out of it. You know, the, I would go into the hospital, come, they'd get me back, and then I'd come out, and sure enough, a month or two later, it was just starting all over again. So um, at that point, at the age 72, I, I didn't know what my options were. And we really spoke about um, an LVAD, which was basically a heart pump that you'd be living with. And my son, actually, um, and my cardiologist at home were uh, saying, talking about a heart transplant. So we investigated it. And at that time, the hospital, which was a very well-known hospital in Manhattan, uh, said that I was really too old to be placed on their list. And, you know, so, you know, we didn't know what to do. Then we were deciding to go back to the LVAT and um, that my heart was just failing too badly. And I really didn't have any options. So the doctor at the hospital that I was in said, let me make a phone call. And he called NYU Langone, also in Manhattan, and they accepted me. So, you know, when I got there, it, things were not looking good. And and they put in something called a heart pump to see if I would respond to it. And they said it was a miracle that I responded to it. Um, but now I had to go through several tests all over again to be a candidate for the heart transplant because, again, my age was a major consideration. Um, and I passed all the tests, you know, and I said I never failed a test in my life. So I, yeah. I was placed, <laughs> I was placed, um, but, but I, was, um, I was really dying at that point. You know, I was in and out of it. My family were, were going through more than I was because they were aware of the situation. And all of a sudden, it, it, in two days, once I was put on the list, a heart came in. But like I, I told Jim and Carmen, and, you know, it, it's everyone in the hospital and, of course, my family, everybody's elated that, you know, I have this chance. But as the patient, you realize this is not a kidney transplant. This is a heart. And what happens is a person has to die in order for me to, to be able to live. 
And that's a very heavy burden to, to deal with. You know, well, everybody wants a miracle. There's somebody who's suffering a horrendous tra- tragedy. And it was just, you know, it, it was, you know, like a, a heavy thing. That's all I can say. Yeah. I was very happy. I, I was doing everything I can, you know, what the doctors, you know, wanted me to do to, to get past the surgery. But I had this feeling that there's somebody out there who's suffering. And that, that was heavy. Oh, Phyllis, you sound like a wonderful person, just like Tim. I I wish you two had met, and well, you have met. I mean, you're living on, you're able to live with the generosity of Tim's donation of his heart, so that that it's like you are together every day. It's incredible, and I'm so glad that they, you know, age, I always say is nothing but a number. I'm so glad you were able to get past that that age restriction, because you have so much more life to live, and we're witnessing that today. And that was, you know, you were 72 then, you're 76 now, and you got plenty of time ahead of you like just I'm just so glad that 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 the story worked out that way you know the positivity and the availability and Tim's generosity and the two the paths crossing some miracle it has to it feels like a miracle doesn't it it does it really does it it was a miracle it was and having met Jim and Carmen and their family it just I, I just feel like I've got more of a life now because I have another family and I'm just so grateful and so appreciative of their generosity that they were able to see through their tragedy to help other people. You know, and of course, in my case, it was my life because I I was just hanging on by a thread at that point. And your family must have been elated. I mean, I know they had a lot of worry um, with your various stages of things that they were trying before the transplant and how sometimes they were successful and, and sometimes it was getting to be a very dire situation. So they had to be so relieved when, when this opportunity, you know, presented itself. It, it truly was a miracle. And I was very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time because NYU had uh, not considered me to be too old to, you know, be placed on a list. And, and that was a, a gift in itself because mm-hmm. at 72, you don't want to be written off, you know. And, Absolutely. But I, you understand, you understand it. You know, you understand the process and uh, the organs are so dear and so difficult to come by that they really want to give the person who has the most chance to live a, a good life, have access to these organs. And NYU is just wonderful that they saw something in me that they took the chance. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm yeah. so glad they did. You're such a special person. And what, what has receiving the transplant, Phyllis, allowed you to do that you were unable to do before? And you're probably still discovering things that you can do now every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, it, it's completely different. Like I said, I, I've been uh, dealing with heart disease my whole life. So I, you know, and my, my doctor once said to me, you know, I said, you know, I, I don't know why I don't feel that bad. And he goes, because you never knew what it was to feel good. That's right. And you know, <laughs> it, it's true. You know, he said, I, I never felt what another person, you know, would feel like I'd get out of breath. I, you know, I, I'd have to stop, you know, during activities, you know, it was just uh, something that I was living with. You know, I was coping with it to the best of my ability, but all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't want to give myself any, we, we call it a kind of horror. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't want to, you know, jinx it, you know, but I, I walk upstairs. I, I, I was never an athlete, but, but I walk a lot. And, you know, the stairs, just the fact that I'm able to walk upstairs without getting out of breath is, 
incredible. And, you know, we, we love to go into the city. We love to see shows. We love to travel. Of course, COVID put a little bit of a, a glitch in, you know, our plans, but we're just enjoying life, you know, and I don't have those worries anymore, you know, that, um, that maybe something's going to happen if I go here or I do this or I exert myself too much. It's just, it really is. It, it's a, it's a different, it's a different life. It's a different outlook. Yeah, I'm so glad you have that at second chance. I know even a flight of stairs, that's a huge achievement. I mean, to not have to worry about being breathless like that. And now for both of you, Phyllis and Jim, um, how did you come to meet each other? Because you mentioned being part of each other's families. Now, that didn't take too long, right? As soon as you met, it probably was like instant, like, but, oh, you know. The connection so was I, instant, yes. I, uh, yeah, Jim, you want to tell? Yeah. Well, uh, there's a process that we were advising. You had to go to through. Uh, you had to wait a year. Uh, it, it's in place to make sure that everybody's kind of in a good place mm-hmm. to 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 receptive to to it. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, which the year the anniversary came and went. Um, for some reason, uh, Carmen and I didn't take the initiative. We kind of took a back seat and said, I, "I don't know if it was a conscious thing, but let's let's see if we hear from any of the recipients." And uh, a couple months went by. I mean, it's us. It's like, Phyllis was buddy of the bit to get in touch with us, and she had a letter ready to go, boom, first day. Um, so this letter was in the pipeline. We get this call that there's a letter had arrived, and uh, we were through the moon. Would, would we accept it? I mean, would we accept, accept it? Of course we, we did, and uh, we, we emailed her back right away. Um, we were especially ecstatic that it was the heart recipient. There was just something... There's something special about that, yeah. the, and hearing the beat, the heartbeat, you know. Well, we would kid with her because uh, we come. We're, we're a family of nurses. My my wife's a nurse. Uh, my two daughters are nurses. My two sisters are nurses. Carmen's sister is a nurse. Oh, that's incredible. So we told her what, if and when we ever get to meet in person, we're coming at you with a stethoscope. Oh I yeah, mean, we're going to hear that heart. And they did. <laughs> and they did. And we, and we did. <laughs> they lived up to their word. That's good. <laughs> Correct. That's awesome. And uh, and how about you, Phyllis? When when you guys met, what was that like for you? Because you have a different perspective too. You're like, thank you so much. I've been waiting. You know, your whole life, you've been dealing with heart issues, and you know, potentially, you know, a different outcome. Well, again, I got the same information as uh, Jim and Carmen did that, you know, I have to wait a year. I wasn't allowed to find out, you know, who the recipient, who the donor was. And, um, you know, everything was kind of, you know, in the dark. It, the only thing that we knew that it had to be, it, the, the heart had to come from someplace within a certain radius because they had to get to it. You know, very fast. They had to transport the heart. So we knew that it was from Maryland. My son, you know, who's, who has a way of finding out, he should have been a reporter, has a way <laughs> of finding out information, you know, did kind of find out that it was a young man, 41 years old, from the Baltimore area, and he kind of did research. So we kind of knew, you know, who the donor was, but I couldn't do anything. I couldn't act upon it until the year was up, and I, I had my letter. And again, it was the fact that here was a 41-year-old man in his prime, and I was a 72-year-old woman. Uh, you know, it was, how are these people going to feel about this young heart going to this this woman who's a grandmother? You know, I, I wasn't sure about that, but I had to write the letter, and I, you know, I just did it, and, and I didn't hear anything. I didn't realize how long it would take from the time I wrote it to the uh, different chain of commands that it had to go through until uh, the donor's family were presented with the 
a, the choice to accept the letter or not. So, you know, that took some time, which I, I didn't realize. I didn't know. And I, and I know, you know, through our support group, I know several heart uh, recipients who have never heard from the donor's family. They've written letters, but they've never heard. And some, some just don't want to reach, reach out themselves. But the ones who did reach out have never heard back. You know, so when yeah. I got... It was just incredible, you know. Wow, that's, that's for sure. And um, Jim, uh, what would you say to a person or family that's considering organ donation? Do it. Uh, it it's so uh, gratifying. And the the best advice I can't stress enough that to to discuss this with your family members and your loved ones before some tragic event happens, because in the heat of the moment at the time, it, it is a tough tough subject to bring up it is um, the grief process takes over and um, it, it, there's people are going through batteries of tests it's, it's just it's very difficult to bring to broach that subject but if you've talked about it in advance and you know that this is what the person wants what your loved one wants that's their wish it's much easier for you to act upon it and take the initiative and go through the process because there is it is a process uh, but it's so worthwhile. Yeah, for sure. And Phyllis, what would you um, say to someone who's considering registering as an organ donor and kind of can, you know, what would you say to them? Oh, definitely. I'm a living proof of what can happen. And, you know, it's uh, like many people I've spoken to on this topic. You know, you don't want, you know, my case, you don't want to see anybody die. You know, you really don't. That's not the, the that's not the circumstances that you want to live, you know, through. But, you know, if some tragedy happens, you know, the person's legacy will live on through other people. And that's so important because, you know, you can't help what happens. But maybe through that tragedy, you can save so many lives. Very, very, yeah, very well said, um, for sure, Phyllis. Thank you. And I know you and uh, your family, and Jim, you and your family, you guys are, work very hard volunteering and on getting the word out and doing things like this and yes. encouraging organ donation. And Absolutely. Adam, uh, the the even the name of your organization, Infinite Legacy, now really means a lot, a lot more. Hearing this story, knowing, understanding the impact of that legacy. Yeah, the the name was a, a whole process of coming up with it, but um, that was what it was chosen to reflect was yeah. the fact that there is this infinite legacy left by organ donors. It's really powerful. And Adam, uh, who we're talking to also, Adam Falzerano is their media relations and communications coordinator. How would someone who's listening today or that listens later on online would go about registering as an organ donor? How how simple is that? It's super simple. Uh, you know, We talked about everyone knows you go to the motor vehicle office to uh, either get or renew your license. You're asked the question point blank. Just say yes, check the box, and you're good. Um, if you don't want to wait until then, you can go onto our website, infinitelegacy.org, and it will link you to uh, your correct state registry, and you can actually register online safely and securely, a, a nice online form there. Um, or even on your iPhone health app, there's a way you can uh, register yourself onto the national registry, which is the same same place, basically. But oh, cool. uh, yeah, I didn't realize that. That's so great. Yeah. Um, we've got one final minute, so I'll give you guys the floor, whether it's Jim or Phyllis or Adam, if you guys have any you know, final parting words or a final push for people to maybe volunteer, donate, or become donors. What's, what's the most important message in our final minute here for people, you think? The most important message is we've said it already, but you know, register. Please tell your family your wishes. Even if you don't want to be an organ donor, if they know your wishes, then it's that much easier to make that 
that uh, decision at that time. If we hope you will, but it's your decision to make. Um, again, you can register at the MVA, our our our, our website. Um, you can also volunteer there if you want to do some advocacy for organ donation um, and find out anything anything else you need to know. That's awesome. Thank you, Adam uh, Falzerano, for joining us, Media Relations and Communications Coordinator at Infinite Legacy. You can find out more at infinitelegacy.org. Jim Blake, um, the father of Tim Blake, who donated his heart to Phyllis Weissbloom, the heart transplant recipient, who is just, just doing amazing things in New Jersey. Thank you, Jim. Thank you to your wife, Carmen, and your daughter as well, and uh, and your whole family for being advocates, and Phyllis, too. I'm so glad you're doing so well, Phyllis. I, I love I love having you on today together, and I welcome you guys back uh, in the future because this is something that is important to talk about. Absolutely. Whether it's yeah. you know whether it's the the Donate Life Month or not. What is your um what's your signature month that? Yeah, April is Donate April. Life Month. Yeah, so we'll we're, we're, we'll come back anytime. Perfect. <laughs> okay, we're marking it on the calendar because it's always important, you guys. Thank you so much. You can get more information at today's 1019com This has been a production of Odyssey Baltimore. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.